You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, the Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with the Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include a new species of dinosaur has been discovered in southern Brazil and New Jersey megasites begin to reopen amid booster shot rollout. Here is your national news recap for the week of September 26th. COVID vaccines for younger children could be a step closer to becoming a reality. Pfizer submitted initial trial data for kids ages 5 to 11 to federal regulators and said it plans to make a formal request for emergency use in the coming weeks. The vaccine is already authorized for those 12 to 15 and is fully approved for everyone 16 and up. New York City teachers are asking the U.S. Supreme Court for an emergency injunction against the vaccine mandate. City teachers claim the mandate violates their due process and equal rights protection. Meantime, as of Monday, Mayor de Blasio says 90% of teachers and 97% of principals were vaccinated. A hiker is dead after drowning in the Pennsylvania Lower Lewis River Falls in the Gifford Pinnaco National Forest on Wednesday. 25-year-old Benjamin Jones of Vancouver was hiking with his friends when he fell from a ledge and was swept over the falls. Witnesses saw him in the water yelling for help, but he went under before they could reach him. Divers recovered his body in about 14 feet of water. Texas authorities say one motorist tried to pull a fast one by using a Halloween skeleton as a passenger to use the high-occupancy vehicle lanes. In a Facebook post, the Harris County Precinct 5 Constable's Office says deputies pulled over the driver after they noticed he was the only person in the vehicle. The post included a picture of what was in the passenger seat, a skeleton Halloween decoration wearing a hat. Authorities say they gave the motorist a sternum lector, issued him a bona fide citation, and wished the driver bone voyage. The California Fawn Fire is now 90% contained just north of Redding, Shasta County. The arson-caused fire was started on September 22nd near Shasta Lake and has burned through more than 8,500 acres. The blaze has destroyed 185 structures. A Palo Alto woman has been arrested and charged with starting the fire. She could face up to nine years in prison if convicted. The Department of Defense is reporting an alarming increase in the suicide rate among active service members. The annual report from the department says suicides increased more than 41 percent between 2015 and 2020. The same report says the rate increased almost 10 percent in 2020 alone. About 580 members of the military died by suicide last year. In a statement, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin called the findings troubling and said the department needs to, quote, redouble our efforts to provide mental health resources to service members in need. A St. Louis man is being sentenced to more than two decades in prison after a robbery. Lloyd Wings pled guilty to about half a dozen armed robberies. Investigators say he and others robbed a number of St. Louis businesses at gunpoint in 2018 and took personal items from customers and employees, too. Downtown Sacramento is tying a record for the most consecutive days without any measurable rainfall. 
The National Weather Service says the 194 straight days ties the previous record set in 1880. March 19th was the last day it rained in Sacramento, although it was less than one hundredth of an inch. Sacramento saw less than eight inches of rain for the entire season. That is 41% of what is considered normal. A suspect is hospitalized following a dangerous mental health situation with Des Moines Police. Officers say they were able to defuse the situation on Thursday when a man was waving a knife at others. Officers were called to M.L. King Jr. Parkway and Prospect Road around 9.30. Police were able to get the man to give up the knife. A missing 16-year-old girl from Pauling, New York, has been found after the Dutchess County Sheriff's Office got involved in the search. She had last been spotted around 3.45 in the morning on Tuesday. Investigators said she could have been traveling to New York City with an unidentified man, but it is not clear if that was the case. The sheriff's office did not disclose any details other than that she was found, and they thanked people for sharing tips on social media. First-time claims for unemployment benefits are taking another jump. The Labor Department reports 362,000 American workers filed claims last week. That's 11,000 more than the previous week's revised total and 27,000 more than the analysts had forecast. Analysts had been expecting Thursday's numbers to come in right around 335,000. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your national news. It's Ram, bringing you the week's politics for Roan Report. After risk of hundreds of thousands of employees being furloughed on the 1st, if the funding bill didn't pass that expired on the midnight 30th, the Senate passed a stopgap funding bill to avert the shutdown. It's on the way to the White House, an official said later in the day on the 30th. Biden is expected to sign it on camera. With their energy focused on Biden's agenda, Democrats backed down from a showdown over the debt limit in the government funding bill deciding to uncouple the borrowing ceiling at the insistence of Republicans. If that cap is not raised by October 18th, the U.S. will probably face a financial crisis, Treasury Secretary Yellen said. California Governor Gavin Newsom has signed a series of police reform bills on the 30th morning, aiming to hold law enforcement officers accountable for misconduct and restricting use of force that has resulted in death and injury. Measures include raising the minimum age for police officers from 18 to 21, and allowing their badges to be permanently revoked for use of excessive force, dishonesty, and racial bias, as well as setting wider standards on the usage of rubber bullets, tear gas for crowd control, and techniques used for restraining suspects. The $1 trillion infrastructure bill heads to the House of Reps on the 1st. House progressives maintain that they will cast no votes. Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders has been monitoring the bill's progress and says he's not optimistic. Meanwhile, Speaker Pelosi believes they're on the path to win the vote. Despite Biden holding meetings to defuse conflict, tensions run high. The House Judiciary Committee voted on September 29th to approve three bills to tackle high drug prices. For example, one aims to ban the tactic of paying generic companies to delay bringing cheaper versions of medicines to market. The committee chairman says this would save Americans more than half a billion dollars over 10 years. The committee is set to vote on the first on the last measures, which must be taken up by the full House and Senate. On the 30th, the Biden administration has said that they will be drafting rules to govern the killing of wild birds by industry and resume enforcement actions against companies responsible for preventable deaths. This comes after North American bird numbers have been plummeting in recent decades, and 23 species were officially declared extinct on the 30th. Conservation activists have been pressuring Biden to take steps while oil companies are resisting the efforts. The U.S. Senate is poised to vote on September 30th on Tracy Stone Manning's nomination as a director of Bureau of Land Management. If it passes, they will debate and possibly take a final confirmation vote. 
She is an executive for the National Wildlife Foundation in Montana and a former top staffer for a senator and governor. She is expected to take a strong pro-conservation stance. Saturday the 2nd activist group Women's March is organizing more than 650 marches in support of reproductive rights in all states in Washington, D.C. This comes after the Supreme Court allowed Texas abortion ban to go into effect, while legal challenges move forward and before oral arguments on a Mississippi ban. I've been Ram, and this has been Politics with Rowan Report. I'm Katie Key with your international news. A 96-year-old woman set to stand trial starting today in Germany for her actions during the Holocaust is on the run. Hermagod Fritschner is charged with complicity in 11,000 murders as secretary at the Sadov concentration camp, run by the Nazis in World War II. Charged as a juvenile due to her age at the time, she disappeared from her nursing home and is thought to have taken a train to somewhere else out of Hamburg. Furchner was a typist for the camp commandant, and prosecutors say she knew what was going on there. Some 65,000 people are thought to have died there, but Furchner claimed that in the 1950s she had no idea the Nazis were murdering people. Samsung Electronics is reportedly close to finalizing a deal to build a $17 billion factory in Texas. Reuters is quoting inside sources saying the semiconductor factory would be built in Williamson County, north of Austin. Samsung told Reuters that it's conducting due diligence in multiple locations and has yet to make a decision. The South Korean company had previously said the new factory would create about 1,800 new jobs in the U.S. A new dinosaur species has been found in southern Brazil. Paleontologists in Monte Alto say the 16-foot-long predator walked on two legs and had a rigid tail and lived in the region about 70 million years ago. Scientists were not able to identify some of the fossilized bones found in the remains and are classifying it as a new species. Japan's former top diplomat is likely to become the country's next prime minister, Fumio Kishida, defeated Taro Kono in a runoff for the leadership of the ruling Liberal Democratic Party. Kishida is widely expected to become prime minister because of the Liberal Democratic Party big majority in Japan's lower house of parliament. He was the country's foreign minister from 2012 to 2017. North Korea claims it has test-fired what is called a new hypersonic missile. State media reported the missile fired Tuesday is one of the five most important new weapons in the country's five-year military development program. Reports referred to the missile as a strategic weapon, which is how the reclusive communist state usually describes weapons with nuclear capabilities. The launch is North Korea's third this month. A river that runs through the UK's Glastonbury Music Festival has been found to have high amounts of cocaine and ecstasy. Researchers from Bangor University say large concentrations of ecstasy and other illicit drugs were found in the White Lake River after the Glastonbury Festival, which was held last in 2019. They attribute the high amounts to the Stone Festival goers urinating near the river and warn that the high levels of cocaine in the river could affect the life cycle of the European eel, which is a protected species. Festival organizers say they have strongly discouraged concert goers from urinating on the grounds. Rolls Royce is going electric. The luxury car maker is launching its first ever all electric model at the end of 2023. The all-electric Spectre will be similar to the Rolls-Royce V12 lineup, like the Phantom, Golf, and Wraith. This is the part of the company's plans to become a zero-emissions brand by 2030. The company said founders Charles Royce and Sir Henry Rolls talked about how they were interested in electric cars a century ago, but the technology wasn't there yet. 
That was your international news. I'm Caden Keat. And now it's time for local news with me, Sam Whalen. The Gabby Petito case is spurring renewed efforts to find a New Jersey woman who disappeared months ago. 30-year-old Lauren Cho was last seen June 28th near Joshua Tree National Park in California. She'd been staying with friends and an ex-boyfriend at an Airbnb when she reportedly walked off along a remote trail without food or cell phone. The attention given to the Petito case prompted some on social media to call out the lack of attention in the Cho case. Her family has set up a Facebook page while a specialized unit with the local sheriff's department is now involved in the efforts. Four children are being treated at the hospital after a school van crashed into an Eaton Park restaurant in Murraysville, Pennsylvania. Police say the crash happened at the location on the William Penn Highway near the Pennsylvania Turnpike around 7 a.m. recently. According to officers, the driver of the van said a car in front of him hit their brakes unexpectedly and then he accidentally hit the gas instead of the brake pedal. Police do not believe any of the injuries to the students are serious and no one inside the Eaton Park was injured. Horseshoe Casino Baltimore is getting ready for the start of sports betting in Maryland. The South Baltimore Gaming Hall says it will convert the first floor of its building into an entertainment complex that will combine Caesars-branded retail sportsbook with table games and a new brew pub concept. The new dining concept will be called the Brew Brothers and will offer beer from local breweries, handcrafted cocktails, and a wide-ranging menu. The venue says it will be ready to open for business once it gets approval from the state to operate. Flying through Newark Liberty Airport in New Jersey is getting a lot more complicated. Crews are beginning to tear down Terminal A as part of a $3 billion renovation project. That means Air Canada has shifted to other gates, while JetBlue is splitting operations between Terminals A and B, so people booked on connecting flights will have to clear security again and take the air train between terminals. These changes, projected to last about six months, will cause delays, so the Port Authority says if you're flying out of Terminal A, leave yourself two hours of lead time. A historic structure in southwest Baltimore has been torn down. The home known as the Gundry Glass Hospital was demolished after it caught fire recently. The structure sat on a 65-acre plot of Edmondson Avenue and was slated for redevelopment. The building, which once was a psychiatric hospital for children, was set to be restored as part of the second phase of the Uplands development. The cause of the devastating fire is still under investigation. Philadelphia is looking to improve safety at a busy intersection. The city recently opened its newest roundabout at Frankfurt and Trenton Avenues and York Street. That means there are no more traffic signals and there's less headaches for drivers in the area. The streets department is asking everyone to take time over the next few weeks to visit the site and check out how it works. Some Temple University students are dealing with a trash pileup at an off-campus apartment complex. This is at the privately owned University Temple Apartments next to the Temple campus. Students tell 6ABC that the designated trash room has been overfilled and nothing has been done to fix the issue. People have even been throwing garbage bags in the hallways and the laundry room, which attracts rodents and other bugs. Temple administration says they've reached out to management about the issue and hope there can be a fix to this very soon. New Jersey officials are reopening the Gloucester County COVID-19 vaccine megasite in order to get a booster shot rollout going. Governor Phil Murphy reports this is located at the county's public works complex in Clayton and says there are plans to reopen two more of the state's megasites. Residents can go to covid19.nj.gov finder to locate a vaccination site near them. Anyone 65 and up and others considered at high risk can now get the booster shot if they had the Pfizer vaccine at least six months ago. The school district of Philadelphia will begin to search for a new leader next month. It'll all start with an opportunity for families and staff to provide their input on what they'd like from the potential leader. Come November, the formal search will be spearheaded by a search advisory committee. The goal is to have the next superintendent selected by next spring, and this comes after the recent announcement by Superintendent William Height Jr. that he will be stepping down. I'm Sam Whalen, and that was your local news. 
Hi, I'm Megan Steckler, and this is your Rowan News. Rowan University is proud to partner with NJPBS and WNYC Radio to host the second New Jersey gubernatorial debate on Tuesday, October 12th on the Glassboro campus. There are a limited number of seats available for the debate between incumbent Governor Phil Murphy and challenger Jack Cittarelli. A portion of the tickets for the debate, which begins at 8 p.m. in Flieger Concert Hall, Wilson Hall, will be distributed randomly through a ticket lottery. Members of the public and Rowan community members interested in entering the ticket lottery can complete a ticket lottery form online. Each registrant is only eligible for one ticket and duplicate entries will not be accepted. Registration is open until October 5th and registrants will be notified whether or not they will receive a ticket approximately a week before the event. Masks are required to attend the debate. I'm Megan Steckler and this has been your Rowan News. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, political, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Roan Report. I'm Allie Bruce, along with the Roan Radio News Team. I'm Nick Earnshaw with your news around the sports world. Roan University sports are in full swing, and the Roan men's soccer team is back on track after beating TCNJ 1-0 on Wednesday night. Freshman Matias Carrion scored his first collegiate goal for the profs, and here's what he had to say after the game. Offensively, I feel like we do need to be a little better. In the beginning, we had a lot of chances, and we could have literally sealed the game maybe in the first five minutes. And I feel like just as a team, that's the thing we're struggling so far in the season, but we're getting better at it. Just attacking the ball, going every 50-50, always thinking that the, the, the goal is going to drop it, anything like that, just to keep on going and just get the goal like that. The Rowan men's soccer team will be back in action tonight against NJCU. As for the women's soccer team, they fell to TCNJ on the road on Wednesday by a final score of 3-1. to one. They will also play NJCU on the road today. The Rowan women's volleyball team won by a final score of 3 to nothing over Newman on Tuesday. The Profs as a team had 32 kills as well as Abigail Webster adding four of the Profs' nine total aces. The women's volleyball team will be back in action today for the Penn State Burks tri-match. Moving to the gridiron now, Roan football dropped their third in a row last Saturday to Salve Regina University by a final score of 50-35. The Profs' defense struggled as they gave up 34 points in the second half. I sat down with the team leader in sacks and tackles defensive lineman A.J. Akins and asked him what his outlook of the rest of the season is going forward. Um, as a team, we just want to go 1-0 every week. You know, we're, we're focusing on one team at a time, so... Right now, we got our bye week, and we're just we're sharpening up a lot of the fundamentals. Um, but as of next week, all we're focused on is Kane. And after Kane, all we're focused on is Salisbury. We're not really looking too far ahead because um, that's where I feel like as a team, you kind of lose track. Um, so our mission every week is just going 1-0 and making sure we do everything we possibly can in practice to make sure the game is easy. Um, personally, I just want to keep, you know, just doing everything I possibly can for the team. You know, it's like as Dean Lyman, we're, we got to play – unselfishly you got to play selflessly um because the guys up front you know we're kind of sacrificing ourselves every time you know so i just want to make sure i keep doing what i have to do for our team and if that leads to you know more tackles and more sacks then so be it but as a defense i just want to make sure i'm doing what i can you know to help my other guys out so we can collectively as a unit be better Rowan University football will be back in action against Kane University next Saturday, October 9th on the road. Each team is 3-0 and will be looking for their first win 
of the season as well as in NJAC play. The Profs football team will play NJAC opponents for the rest of the season, with three of them being at home and three of them on the road. That was your sports news with me, Nick Earnshaw, right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Hi, I'm Megan Steckler with your Rowan Report business update. If you want to bring home the bacon, you better expect to open up your wallet. Consumer price index data shows the average price for a slab of bacon has spiked 28% in the last year. Supply chain issues and inflation are both believed to be factors in the rising pork prices. And unfortunately for bacon lovers, analysts say don't expect prices to fall anytime soon. New research shows the restaurant industry is in a worse place now than three months ago. The National Restaurant Association made that revelation Wednesday, noting customer demand has dropped 78% according to restaurants participating in the survey. Some have pointed at the Delta variant of COVID-19 and increasing food prices as reasons for the decline. The data also shows 95% of eating establishments say shortages of supplies and food and beverage items have contributed to the current state of the industry. Walmart is set to hire 150,000 new store employees ahead of the holiday season. The retail giant says the majority of new hires will be permanent full-time positions. Along with the store employees, they also intend to hire 20,000 associates in its supply chain facilities as well. A St. Louis area mayor plans to give every family Bitcoin. Jason Stewart, the mayor of Cool Valley, Missouri, tells Cointelegraph that all 1,500 households in the city will receive the equivalent of $1,000 over airdrop with additional funding going towards energy efficiency projects. Logistics for distributing the cryptocurrency have not been finalized yet, but Stewart says his first goal is to organize educational workshops so that residents understand what they will receive. United Airlines is parting ways with nearly 600 employees who refused to comply with its COVID-19 vaccine mandate. The Chicago-based airline said 593 employees chose not to follow the vaccine requirement. As a result, United has started the process of firing them. The airline says those employees account for less than 1% of its U.S.-based workforce, which means more than 99% of its staff is vaccinated. Workers were given seven weeks to get vaccinated or to apply for medical or religious accommodation. I'm Megan Steckler, and this has been your business news report. And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap with me, Brandon Searle. The performers for the 2022 Super Bowl halftime show have been announced with several different headliners for next year's show. Those that will take the stage in California next year include Dr. Dre, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, Snoop Dogg, and Mary J. Blige. The city of Inglewood is hosting the game for the first time in 30 years with L.A. natives Lamar, Snoop, and Dre returning to their home stage. The artists have a collective 43 Grammys and 22 number one albums. Britney Spears' father is speaking out after he was removed from his daughter's conservatorship. In a statement released through his attorney Thursday, Spears says he loves his daughter unconditionally and removing him is a loss for Britney. His lawyer claimed Jamie had been biting his tongue and not responding to all the false, speculative, and unsubstated attacks made on him. The statement also slams Britney's attorney, Matthew Rosengart, for requesting to extend the conservatorship until this fall after Britney begged to be let out of it. Rosengart claims he requested the extension with Britney's approval in order to further investigate Britney's claims of abuse within the legal guardianship. R. Kelly has been found guilty of all the charges against him, including racketeering and recruiting underage victims for sex. The jury deliberated a total of about nine hours to reach their verdict. Kelly, who's being sentenced in early May, could spend decades behind bars. 
Former professional football player Jesse Palmer is going to become the host of The Bachelor. He will become the host for season 26 of the show, which is set to premiere next year. Variety reports he says he is humbled to return to the show and offer the newest Bachelor advice gained from firsthand experience as he was the star of the show in 2004. As far as the upcoming Bachelorette season, Tasha Adams and Caitlin Bristow will host. In addition to being an athlete, Palmer has been an ESPN analyst since 2007 and is the current host of ABC's The Ultimate Surfer. Blink-182 frontman Mark Hopus is cancer-free. He took to his social media accounts on Wednesday afternoon to share the good news. He also thanked God, the universe, and everyone who supported him with kindness and love during his battle. He added it will take him until the end of the year to get back to normal, but he still feels so blessed. In June, Hopus revealed he had been quietly undergoing treatment for stage 4 diffuse large B-cell lymphoma for a few months. Jon Stewart is returning to TV after a six-year hiatus. The New Jersey native and former Daily Show host is back with a new show called The Problem with Jon Stewart on Apple TV+. He told the Today Show he was motivated to come back to TV because his idea felt like an evolution that made sense. After more than a decade, the original Law & Order will be returning to NBC. The iconic show that ran for 20 seasons will be coming back after being off the air since 2010. It will return with a classic format that explores the police who investigate the crimes and the district attorneys who prosecute the offenders. The statement from Wolf Entertainment did not include information on when the show will be coming back to television. I'm Brandon Searles, and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio. And that wraps up this week's edition of the Roan Report here on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Roan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.